So, Harry. Yeah. It might be hard to top the one that's featured in this film, but mm-hmm. what is the worst gig you've ever been to? Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, Beyonce. Wow. Beyonce was Shot the worst, worst gig I've been to. That is the beehive will come for you for that. <laughs> what, what made Beyonce so bad? Uh, sound was just terrible. Oh, so it was like out of her hands. Probably, yeah. yeah. It was too loud. Too, it was too loud. It's just too you loud. You went to Beyonce and it was like, it's too loud. Turn it down but, a bit. Oh my God. <laughs> you don't deserve Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, the bass was so loud that like it was it was it was blasting the speakers like it was just distorting everywhere right and i couldn't really hear the rest of the mix because that was just so high okay at the start of the gig it even did do you remember uh thx the sort of sound oh well, the one that kind of goes wom it yeah. goes Ooh, it just gets bigger and bigger yeah, like yeah that. that's the noise i was making yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it did that and even that one was like really really distorting and i was like isn't that supposed to be the sound that's showing off how good the sound is? <laughs> oh dear. That feels just really bad. Um, that actually didn't play single ladies. Well, I mean, that is unforgivable, really. Yeah. So. Sorry, Beyonce. Yeah. You've lost one fan. <laughs> She'll never recover from this. No, no, never. When you lose Beyond the Box set, that's it. You're done. <laughs> Some films are fine, just the way they are. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to Jennifer's Body. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing other sequel pictures from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most body yoddy yoddy. <laughs> By the inch, sure. <laughs> And joining me, as always, the host with the most chance of being eaten by woodland animals, is John Lucas. Sure. I think of worse ways to go. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, so, Jennifer's body. Yes. Do you like it? Yes, I did. I like cool. this a lot, yes. Any further questions? <laughs> is that all you got for me this week? No, it's just your film. You take the lead. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> you normally like, well, why? Did I, well, I guess normally like, well, why did you pick this? But you know why I picked this. You, well, yeah, yeah. When I, when I say, do you like it? You normally go, yeah, so this was a me pick. Um, and uh, yeah, then you go on like that. Okay, I'm sorry, I guess I wasn't That's contained. the format, John. Don't okay. change the format. It's a tried and tested format. It's okay. worth 242 episodes. Fine. I feel like normally you give me a bit more of a lead in, but whatever, fine. Right. So this was a me pick. <laughs> and uh, so now I feel at home. Okay. <laughs> and actually, I chose this very much on the fly because uh, we were initially supposed to do another film, which is to do... The multi-eight-time Oscar-winning all-time classic uh, Cabaret, Mm -hmm. until you decided literally at the 11th hour that you wanted to veto it. Old films are shit. Fine. So I thought, well, who can possibly compare to the multi-talented pop culture superstar that is Liza Minnelli? Mm -hmm. And the obvious answer was Megan Fox. Yeah. So Yeah, no, it's a a good good shout. Yeah. So, no, but in all seriousness, yeah, I thought um, it's been on my sort of reserve list i've never actually seen it before oh you don't so this was kind of i was kind of desperate you literally let me down at the 11th hour it was like eight o'clock on <laughs> last night yeah yeah and you're like oh, can we find something else i was like shit so i had to like desperately scramble through disney plus and oh find sorry it. I, was, I was i was very tired and uh, i've not seen cabaret before but it was very shrill 
and very slow. And I was like, this, oh, I'm not. In-. And, and I wasn't enjoying the music either. Mm-hmm. Like, there were, I, 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 there, there were multiple numbers before I you know, decided to call it a day. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've actively disliked all of this music. So if I'm not getting on with the music of a classic musical, mm-hmm. we're not going to have a good time for the next remaining hour and a half. Fair enough. I feel like if we pulled a list of all the films that I've suggested... And I, and I, and I don't want to do a dud episode. Like, we're in, we're in the final ten right now. I don't, I don't really want to do an episode where we didn't both enjoy the movie. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I'm fine. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. So, all I will say is if I was to pull the list of the films that I have that I've suggested that you have vetoed, mm-hmm. it's a high-quality list. <laughs> it's uh you know it doesn't show you in a very good light some of yeah. the films you've vetoed over the years but yeah yeah but whatever moving on so uh <laughs> yeah i hadn't so i hadn't seen this before but it has been a film that i've wanted to kind of see i've heard very good things about it mm-hmm. uh had you ever seen it before no yeah okay i've never heard of it before oh really okay it's interesting had you ever seen or have you ever seen juno i don't think so so you know it's the same uh, so this is written by the same screenwriter uh diablo cody mm-hmm. uh she won uh, an oscar for writing juno um, and then this came out and it was a huge flop, <laughs> massive flop. It got really? horrible reviews. Everyone said it wasn't funny and it was stupid and mm-hmm. it was badly written mm-hmm. and it completely tanked and the Megan Fox couldn't act and mm-hmm. she got a huge backlash for it. Uh, and then over the years, it kind of picked up a bit of a following and the people were like, oh, actually we were wrong. This film's ace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this film's really good. <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it took its while. Well. I think it was like a double backlash situation because, right. and a whole big, dump of misogyny which is classic but yeah because Diablo, Diablo Cody won this Oscar for Juno which was like her first major movie mm-hmm. so she's kind of real like out of nowhere success and mm-hmm. Juno's good I like it I think I like this more actually I'd have to rewatch Juno but Juno is very like this it's very kind of like quippy and yeah. like you know there's a lot it's all written in like snappy one-liners and I think when she won an Oscar for it, a lot of people were kind of like it's not that good and then it kind of got a bit of a backlash built up for it and then when the next film came out people were just kind of like the knives were out mm. and then also megan fox was like i realized i've never actually seen a megan fox film before now well i've definitely seen a transformers movie that's something i haven't so. yeah and that's kind of all i know her for i think i've watched the first three transformers movies but they're so forgettable yeah but i feel like she when those films were like at their peak and it was like the peak of like Michael Bay being overexposed and again <laughs> backlash this idea that Michael Bay was the worst director of all time mm-hmm. which I think people have cooled down on a little bit now but that used to be like a real thing like he's literally the worst director of all time yeah and my memory of it is that Megan Fox got a lot of shit at the time for being in those films and for but like because she's so famous mm, or was yeah. so famous. I think she's kind of you know quietened down a bit now but yeah. when this film came out she was like 2009 she was so famous and so overexposed that even though I've never seen a film by her, mm-hmm. I remember her being like mm. everywhere. Yeah. And just yeah. like, so pe- everyone had an opinion about her, whether she was a good actress, whether she wasn't a good actress, mm-hmm. you know, whether she was like a media whore kind of type and mm-hmm. just all this stuff. So I think it was like, so she was also like primed for a backlash. So it just mm-hmm. all just came together and this movie got kind of shat on. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's really undeserved. Like, again, having never seen a Megan Fox movie, I can't say, I mean, Transformers just isn't my bag. I'm never going to no. like this one. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know if she's good in anything else or not, but I thought she was perfectly good in this. From what I remember of Transformers, she is just eye candy. Yeah. Whereas at least in this, she's she's eye candy, but the film is very aware of that. It's literally yeah. called. Jennifer's it's kind of body. ironic eye candy. She's made, it's kind of making fun of this. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. literally called Jennifer's body. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So may as well have been called Megan's body. Well, exactly, exactly. That's what I mean. And the the other interesting thing about this film and why people think it failed is because the marketing around the film was mm-hmm. really weird. Basically, everyone involved in this film has come out and said that they hated the way the film was marketed. Because when it came out, it was really marketed as like, 
come see this sexy Megan Fox movie and she'll mm. she'll have a lesbian kiss with the girl from Mean Girls and <laughs> you know she's a sexy zombie and it was really marketed as like aimed at teenage boys as like a wank movie mm-hmm. um and then that didn't really pay off i think when people did go and see it if they expected that they were a bit disappointed because that's not really what the film's about mm. uh, and then it didn't really find its actual audience which would have been i guess people who wanted to see something a bit more something a bit more subversive and you yeah. know interesting so yeah th- there was a lot of like sexism in the way this film was marketed as well so there was a lot this film had to contend with mm. but yeah i think it's really good i like it a lot mm. i don't think it's perfect i think it's got some problems but i think on the whole it's like a very it was very entertaining i had a yeah. lot of fun with it yeah, yeah. what about you um I, yeah i know i completely really enjoyed it i think it deserves as um as many oscars as cabaret yeah <laughs> eight oscars for jennifer's body wow <laughs> no do you not think do i think this is this film is up there with cabaret no i do not okay. i think it's a very good subversive horror movie but yeah no i don't think it deserves to be up there with cabaret but <laughs> whatever no i find this film really interesting like it's it it, it just covers a lot of just varied themes Mm-hmm. and it just handles them all really well and it's it's very well written and it comes together nicely it moves at a great pace mm-hmm. uh which is obviously what i like in my movies yes i've realized that yes. hint hint okay. um, i'm sorry catch me if you can was like a good 20 minutes longer than cabaret i can't help it i can't always tell that's, that's not a comment on its pace though is it fine well i didn't know that cabaret was going to be so slow paced for you mm. i don't think it is but whatever mm. but yeah this was uh, I, I had a really good time with this good i'm glad very mm. good Just two months ago, me, Jennifer, and my boyfriend, Chip, were completely normal people. We were our yearbook pictures. Nothing more, nothing less. There's Jennifer. Only back then, we were tight. Sisters, practically. People found it hard to believe that a babe like Jennifer would associate with a dork like me. Sandbox love never dies. Cool. Do you want to do the plot summary then? Sure, we can do, yeah. So Jennifer's Body came out in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, as mentioned, it was not a successful film. It was uh, badly reviewed and it flopped at the box office, lost a lot of money. Uh, but nevertheless, it's very good. It stars Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried, who was uh, from Mean Girls and uh, Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. And now, obviously, she's been, been in a lot of other things as well. Yeah. Yeah, they play... Well, we open with like a framing device kind of thing where... It's Amanda Seafried and she's in a kind of an asylum, like a mental mm-hmm. institution. It looks very orange as the new black. There's literally, does, yeah. Everyone's literally wearing orange. Like, yeah. yeah. And she's like this mentally disturbed inmate who just randomly kicks a woman full in the face. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm a kicker. That's my thing. I kick people. Mm-hmm. Which never comes back, the, the kicking. Well, but- I wondered, because I, I did wonder, like, because I thought, is that when I got to the end of the film, I was like, oh, so is... Was that like a demon kick? Is that yeah. like a sign of her demon powers? But then yeah. I, I watched the beginning part back and then she just kicks the woman in the face and it's yeah. very hard, but there's nothing supernatural about it. It's weird because like she's giving a a, a narration at this point and it's mm. a lot of exposition. Yeah. And part of the exposition is I'm a kicker. I kick people. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so that's your thing, right? But it's never, even at the, at the end bookmark, it's never no. there again. Also this, I mean, obviously she has a very traumatic experience in this film, so I can understand why she would end the film a bit nuts. But yeah. Nothing that happens to her in the film suggests that she's going to become this like super violent, crazy person. Like no. she, 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 even at the end, like she's very like, you know, when she's killed Jennifer and mm-hmm. she's, you know, her boyfriend Chip has died. She's like very sad and quiet and like mm. processing her grief. It's not like, I, I don't like the framing device. I think you could lift it right out of the movie. Mm. You could yeah. literally delete the, the beginning. I mean, the end's pretty fun when she goes and kills all the boy, all the yeah. band. But like, you could totally take this bit out the start, and I think the movie would not lose anything at all. Yeah, it doesn't quite 
gel for me. I mean, you could take the bit out of the end as well and just have a, like, instead of being committed to an asylum or put in prison or whatever it is, that she's just still on the loose and she just goes and kills the band. Yeah. Like, whatever. Well, you could literally end it when she's killed Jennifer and then the mum walks in. That could literally be the end of the movie. It wouldn't be yeah. particularly worse. So Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird little framing device, but it's it's setting up anyway that she's obviously had this weird traumatic experience and now she's in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. And then we flash back to... I think she only said it's only like three months ago. So three months earlier, she's in high school. She's a high school student. She, she Amanda Seyfried, beautiful Amanda Seyfried, is this like... They do the most lazy attempt at like uglifying her in qu- air quotes. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it's I, I know, but it's like it's not even it's like unconvincing. Like they do all the classic things. They put her in like a chunky knit sweater and glasses and make her hair a bit frizzy. And oh mm. my god, she's a dog. You know, like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Mm. But also, it's like they kind of do that for one scene and then I feel like they just stop bothering. Yeah, pretty much. Because she's like per- the glasses stay on, but the rest, like in the first scene, she's really like. Mm framed as this like you know nerdy you know mm-hmm. hunched over big cardigan kind of thing the rest of the movie she's just like pretty in glasses yeah like there's nothing particularly unusual about her at all it's very yeah. strange but she's supposed to be like this stark contrast to her best friend jennifer who is mm-hmm. megan fox who's like megan fox mm-hmm. you know and who was a cheerleader who's like the hottest girl in school and she's like no one could ever believe that a <clears throat> stone called fox like her would ever be best friends with a dud like me but <laughs> but she is and we're best friends and <laughs> And it it's, says that they've been best friends since childhood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's weird. Can they not hire ugly people? No, they don't sell movie tickets. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like Megan Fox was selling the tickets. No, I have no idea. That's something like, I like Amanda I mean, Seyfried. She's she, fine. She, she was great in this. She's fine in this, yeah. yeah. It could have, yeah, but absolutely could have gone to somebody more, less traditionally attractive. Because mm-hmm. it is just, it's just strange. It's yeah. just very strange to imagine that this person is. And also like, she's got a boyfriend, like a steady boyfriend. Like she seems... Mm-hmm. I don't know why they needed to like really lean in at the beginning on this idea that she's like a super dud. Like nothing about the rest of that film really like depends on that. Except Mm -hmm. maybe, I guess, I guess the main thing is that we're supposed to take from it is that they've got a slightly toxic friendship Mm. where Jennifer often takes advantage of her and seems to enjoy being the top dog. And like, because she says something like, you know, I'm never allowed to dress as sexy as she dresses. So Mm -hmm. I'm only allowed to, you know, as long as she's the star and I'm like the, the in the background kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And throughout the movie, she always like subtly undermines her and kind of things and insults her and like physically shoves her quite a lot. And mm-hmm. I, I, def- I definitely think we're supposed to believe that it like, yeah, Megan Fox isn't a particularly good friend and is mm-hmm. kind of using needy quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, also Amanda Seyfried's character is called needy. Which yeah. is very subtle. So very, <laughs> <subtle. laughs> very, very subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So they've got this weird kind of uh, slightly toxic friendship, which goes back to childhood and uh, Needy also has this boyfriend, Chip, mm-hmm. who seems perfectly decent. You know? mm-hmm. And they live in this really tiny little like backwater town called... Uh, Devil's Kettle. Devil's Kettle. Yeah. Which is actually a real place. Oh, really? Because I, I, I thought that was like, oh, that's too silly for words. Devil's yeah. Kettle. Yeah. That sounds too kitschy. It's true. It's a real place. And the mysterious waterfall that goes mm-hmm. into like a pothole that no one knows where it goes, mm-hmm. also real. Oh, uh, right. So, yeah. Cool. It was quite fascinating. I um, like the way that she just found where it went at the end of the film. And it, was, yeah. and it was never really talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like scientists are putting this like weird equipment down it and they can't find it or whatever, but she just knows. Why, what does she say it goes to? Well, she finds the, the knife that the band throw away at the end and that's what she uses to stab the band. Oh, was that in was that in Devil's Kettle? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I missed that. Like, like okay. she, she, just, she just picks it out of a stream and it's just and surrounded by those red balls that the scientists were throwing down. Oh, okay. And it's like, oh, she found the thing that people have been looking for for hundreds of years. 
Okay. All right, I see. I missed that. <laughs> yeah. I do think, yeah, this parts of this film don't make a whole lot of sense. <clears throat> mm. I think it's been, I believe it was quite cut quite heavily. So I think there's definitely yeah, like, a so, sense so, of missing scenes. <laughs> yeah. So they explain that there's this hole that is, there's a, there's a beautiful waterfall. That's mm-hmm. like the main thing about this town. But it's not a normal waterfall because the water just goes into a hole in the ground and no one knows where it goes. Yeah. And that's just like the town's tourist attraction. And scientists have tried it. Like they've tried throwing down bits of equipment and, you know, presumably like GPS signals and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've, and no one's ever been able to solve, solve this mystery. And I'm like, oh, that's going to come back into the film somehow in some weird way. I reckon someone's going to get thrown down there. Or, yeah. You know, it's going to, the climax of the movie is going to be around this. And like maybe... The only way to kill Megan Fox is going to be if Needy like hugs her and they jump into the hole together or something, or okay. and the hole leads to hell, mm. like something like that. No, it's just it, it's a hole and it never it never really comes up again. Yeah, well, like it's a real thing, so I guess maybe they can't really go too deep into explaining. Well, this is what it is because I mean you could. Yeah, you absolutely yeah. could. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's not that important. No. What, so, I'm say, what I'm saying is, it should have been. It should have been more like, of a fact. It was. Yeah. It was such a Chekhov's gun. Yeah, that I was like, how how is this going to come into it? And it comes into it in a, such an underwhelming way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fair enough. But anyway, they live in this little town. So underwhelming, you didn't even notice. <laughs> I, I genuinely that, that passed me by entirely. I didn't even notice that she like discovered the mystery of Devil's Kettle. Mm. But anyway, the point is, it's this tiny little backwater town. But they go out one night because Jennifer wants to see this up and coming like local band that's playing from the big city mm-hmm. called uh, Low Shoulder. Uh, who are fronted by Adam Brody from uh, the OC, mm-hmm. who's doing his very best kind of fallout boy pete wentz look like <laughs> yeah. i loved the mid the very specific mid noughties fashion references in this film mm-hmm. it's he just looks perfectly like like the, the very thin layer of eyeliner around his eyes and mm-hmm. yeah. the jet black hair that's just slightly too greasy and yeah so it's, it's all there mm-hmm. so that he's in this band called low shoulder yeah terrible name terrible very name. average music well this is the thing i think they absolutely that one song um mm. It's it's in the trees, whatever it's called. Mm. They nailed that like bland radio, mid noughties radio sound. Like mm-hmm. I can totally imagine that on the radio, like right next to like for example, Travis. The, no, not not even Travis. It's post Travis. It's more like um, <laughs> oh, what's that song? Um, oh, I don't, wherever wherever you will go by the calling. If I could, then I would. I'll go wherever you will go. Way up to how do you not know that that someone's or, or hanging by a moment by like or train. Train, you know, train, there it is. Like that kind of bland, noughties, middle, mm. like, you know. That's a bad name as well for a band. Train. I've always thought, like, train. I've always thought, like, what kind of, whose favorite who, band is Train? Who comes up with that as well, a band these, name? They all had these really bland names back then. Like, all the, all the bands, like, all, the, all these bands had the exact same sound and the, like this, like, jangly power ballady kind of thing. Coldplay. Coldplay, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty bland, boring think, name. Think, I mean, yeah. they, they've just made it big. Yeah, sure. You forget. Yeah. But no, tra- yeah, train are the worst. Yeah. Also, the train website, the train band website has a very similar URL to the website for booking local train tickets in, in Leeds. <laughs> always annoys me. Yeah. I always end up on that stupid band's website when I'm just trying to book a train to fucking Ilkley. You know, so. The thing that annoys me about that sort of thing is that the more you make the mistake, the more Google thinks that you actually meant yeah. to go there. And then the more you make the mistake. Yeah. So now Google the, the more like autofills. Well, it's because train fan, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like who is a big fan of Train? I'm, I'm on a tangent here, but that really knows one of those bands that like not the worst band in the world, but like who's who's buying the records? Who's excited yeah. about Train? What's the biggest song? Um, well, they had a few. They had Hey Soul Sister. 
Oh, that's catchy. Oh, God, it's you, you basic bitch, isn't it? You're the people. <laughs> hey, it's not in my library. Okay, fine. Drops of Jupiter, that was the other one they did. Yeah. Maybe a bit I've earlier. heard of it. Yeah. You, you have. Pro- probably have. You yeah. have. It's one of those songs that's always on the radio. Yeah. They had quite a few. They were around for ages, but they're just like, they're like a poor man's Maroon 5, and that's pretty damn poor. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from you, that is yeah. that is low. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm always like, who's going to the concerts? Like, yeah. You know. To be fair, that, that that kind of music is my jam, though. Like, I'm just yeah. thinking of like what I think of as the the high point of the Chili Peppers is when they were in that crowd. Yeah, no, I can totally imagine you having a few train records in your um, yeah, in, on your iPod or whatever. Yeah, I don't, but yeah, well, we'll keep it that way. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got a wedding playlist to put together, so I might uh, consider it. God, I'll leave that wedding early as soon as fucking <laughs> Hey Soul Sister comes on. <laughs> Great. Um. Anyway, so yeah, they're this kind of very generic local mid noughties band. But Jennifer is completely mesmerized by them, or by the lead singer in particular. Mm-hmm. She's completely into him. And like, it's like she has this weird out-of-body experience where she's like hypnotized by him. Mm. So I'm assuming this is supposed to be, spoiler alert, that like because he's like a Satan worshiper, that he's cast some kind of spell on her. Because it's it really is like he's she's completely just gone. Mm-hmm. She's just mesmerized by the music. Oh, also there's a very brief appearance by uh, one Chris Pratt at this scene. Oh, yeah. Very, very brief. He's in for it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's all of two lines. Yeah, I forgot that he wasn't really a, uh, a a big name at this point. Yeah, true. I was like, oh, I forgot that Chris Pratt was in this because yeah. I thought I would have heard about that. And, and like, then he's not really in it. When he never shows up again, I was like, oh, oh, and then I was like, oh, this is like literally before Parks and Recreation. Yeah. It's literally just like a really? job. Yeah. Well. Like the same year, this film came out the same year that the first season of Parks. So like he's literally right. just like, just booking. He's not, he's not even a regular on that show then. No, exactly. He's just a working actor trying to make it. So, Yeah, but then uh, Jennifer is very mesmerized by this band. And then randomly the entire venue just catches fire. Yeah. I couldn't tell if we were supposed to think that they started the fire. The I guess band. they did. The band, I guess they did. Mm, yeah. Well, they don't really show that. It's just no. like the fire random. And and this bar goes up like it's fucking been doused in petrol. Like Yeah, it goes so quickly like because the fire starts just like a small fire at the bottom of the stage behind a screen or something yeah, yeah. and like we can see the cameras looking right at it but no one else has, has noticed it and like as soon as everyone notices it it's just like a small fire in the ceiling mm. and then it's like and 10 people died I'm just like, how on earth it's like a it's like a south park comedy sketch in a way because it's like the yeah, you're right. As soon as the the building catches fire, it's just the evacuation is just people treading on each other's necks. There's no yeah. like nobody's just trying to like leave in an orderly fashion or like obviously you'd panic, but like yeah. it's comedic how quickly it goes from like oh the building's on fire to people being trampled to death. Like mm. yeah. yeah, it's absurd. Yeah, yeah, sounds very strange. <laughs> it is. It's a strange. It's a strange because also I'm still trying to get the feeling of the movie at this point. Sure, yeah. I'm trying to work out like is this a slapstick comedy? Like what's what's going on here? Because there's so far there's nothing that's kind of horror. Mm-hmm. In it, people are being burnt to death. What's more horrifying than that? Well, I mean, before this, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And so, like, I'm not being, I'm, I'm not being told that this is a horror movie. I'm not being okay. told that it's a comedy. Though there have been a couple of jokes already. You know, I'm kind of getting the mood of it there. But yeah, when it's people getting trampled to death, I was like, oh my god, it, it, it's a tragedy. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, or it could just be a comedy, and we're supposed to be laughing at how ridiculous this is. I think it's supposed to be like a heightened. It's like making fun of horror, but not in like a very overt way just more like it's 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 a slightly heightened version like it's it's just a just a touch too melodramatic you know yeah to be to, to be really believable and then like megan fox clearly gets her drink spiked yeah, yeah, yeah and goes into the van with the band and then drives away and i'm like oh it's a rape movie yeah, yeah, yeah. right great pick john um <laughs> and uh 
Yeah, and it's only later when she when she comes back and then like starts throwing up blood and stuff, and I was like, oh, it's a horror. Okay, this is this is this is Did a you roller like, coaster. Read the freaking description on Disney Plus, like what genre it was in. Like, no, no, uh, Louise actually seen it before and it was good. Okay, fair enough. So I was like, well, that's good enough for me. Okay, cool. Um, well, yeah. So she gets after escaping from the fire, she gets quick pause. Yeah. There was something that, that felt really weird to me, but just might not be. When uh, Megan Fox goes up to the bar to get some drinks, yes. she gets these two shots that are called the nine eleven. Yeah, which immediately just rings some alarm bells with me. It just feels sure. like this feels inappropriate, and it's these two very tall shot glasses mm. with red, white, and blue liquid in them. Yeah, and I was like, this is this how America is. I think it is. Like, they seem to be the most sensitive people about 9-11, obviously. Mm. But then they're just kind of... Well, again, I think it's a joke. It's a dark... This film has a very dark sense of humour. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think that you could actually go to a bar and order a 9-11 that was a fr- like that. But that yeah. being said, I think it's probably supposed to be a comment on how America got, like, super patriotic after 9-11. Mm. Like, everything was, like, red, white, and blue. Yeah. So I think, I think that's the joke. But, yeah, I think it is a joke. Like, a, dark, a little dark, subversive, subtle joke. Relatively subtle joke. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she gets it. Yes, something happens to her. Whether it's a, a, her drinks are spiked or she just is enraptured by Adam Brody. Mm-hmm. But after they escape from the burning building, he, as you say, picks her up in his van and drives her away despite Needy's protestations. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we don't know what happens to her, but we do know that Needy is very concerned and she phones Chip, her boyfriend, and is mm-hmm. really panicked that something hor- horrible must have happened. And then later that night, Jennifer reappears at her house covered in blood mm-hmm. and just basically behaving like a zombie. Yeah. Like she goes straight to the fridge and just devours this like whole rotisserie chicken mm-hmm. and then just vomits like a comedic ocean of like black bile and blood or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Just vomits all over her carpets, all yeah. over her kitchen floor. And then she just leaves. And then the next, the next day she seems completely fine. It's as if it's never happened. Like mm-hmm. she's back in school. She looks great. And the only thing that's weird is that she seems to be completely disconnected emotionally from what happened the previous night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause obviously the school is in deep shock and mourning that um, eight people, it says, I think it says eight people from the school have died in this horrendous fire. And she's just like, well, you got to go sunset. Like, she just doesn't care. She mm-hmm. just does not care in the slightest. Yeah. Oh, we get for me the most unsettling vision of the entire movie, which is uh, JK Simmons with, with hair. hair. <laughs> JK Simmons with that wig. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was the most unsettling part yeah. of the entire movie. Not the hook for a hand. It was the hair. Yeah, it was the hair. The hair was the thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that he just showed up in this. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's a little paycheck roll for him. Why not? But he, at, at this point he comes into it and then he starts like reading out all the names of the people who died and who everyone is. And he goes on and on and on and on. And the film really takes a little bit of a dive, but luckily it's got Megan Fox just kind of laughing at every single thing. Yeah. 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 yeah she seems, she seems completely unbothered by anything that's happened, mm. which makes needy quite suspicious and concerned. Yeah, so we realize what's going on with her very quickly when she just takes one of the grieving students, like this big jock, into the woods and uh, just and disembowels him. Mm-hmm. But not before, like, she, not before she takes him into the woods and they're like kissing. And then <laughs> I just love the randomness of this scene when she, they're just slowly surrounded by like forest animals. Yeah. It's like deer and rabbits and badgers and skunks. And just, <laughs> just ran, and, and the guy's like, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. And she's just like, yeah. And then, then she rips his brain out and just <laughs> eats him. Yep. Yeah, so she's now just devouring boys. Although she only really seems to devour him. Um, and then I guess she takes a little bit of a break for a month. Mm-hmm. Then a month passes. It says like a month's gone by. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in the meantime, Adam Brody's band have become like this huge national 
story about because they were the band that saved people from the fire mm-hmm. uh they're donating three percent of their hit single it's in the trees to charity mm-hmm. which only amanda seafried finds suspicious she's like well what about the other 97 percent? and everyone's like shut up the heroes yeah yeah uh yeah but a month goes by and jennifer seems to be quite ill and listless like she's her hair's all i mean by megan fox standards like she looks kind yeah. of <laughs> you know she, she looks a bit like pale and she's just not not at her best until she seduces another another little emo boy mm-hmm. uh who's also dressed again like just nail on head like a fallout boy reject <laughs> um yeah and she she kind of te- she seduces him and makes him go to like the most out at the most obvious murder house you'll ever see in your life yeah she like text she's like i'll text you my address um to, and he turns up at this murder house uh and she devours him too mm-hmm. but this time when she's killing this boy who like is friendly with amanda seyfried's character mm-hmm. meanwhile amanda seyfried is having sex with her boyfriend chip mm-hmm. and she kind of can, has a vision where she, she can see and feel everything that's going on and she starts they never explain this connection i think it's just that they've got this weird best friend psychic connection i think that's sure. what you can take for it yeah. i guess yeah yeah uh, but she's she's seeing this happen and she starts screaming and she's crying and her boyfriend's like, what's wrong? Did I hurt you? Am I too big? That's, that's <laughs> one of my favorite lines. Like, We've all been there. The hopefulness of him being like, am I too big? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Not hurting you? Am I too big? Yeah, so... Yeah, so she's really freaked out and she later finds Jennifer kind of once again in full zombie mode, just kind of standing in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she later that night, Jennifer comes back to the house again and she's kind of more herself and she kind of starts explaining what's happened. And then we get the flashback to mm-hmm. the to the gig. Mm-hmm. So we get the flashback to Adam Brody's gig. And it turns out that after the gig, she was when she was taken away in the van, yeah, she, she thought they were going to rape her. Mm-hmm. But what they were actually going to do was... Sacrifice her to Satan. They they needed to sacrifice a virgin to Satan mm-hmm. in order to be a successful pop band. Yeah. I loved the I loved how petty this was that they yeah, ju- yeah. they just did it to have a hit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to sell some flog some records. Like. Mm-hmm. And the twist was that obviously she's not a virgin. No, yeah, I, and I thought that was like quite interesting how both she Adam and Seafried inadvertently like seal her fate because at different points mm-hmm. in the movie they both tell Adam Brody that she definitely is a virgin. Yeah, because Amanda Seafried says. At the gig that catches fire, mm-hmm. Amanda Seafried overhears Adam Brody and the other band members like debating whether or not this girl is likely to be a virgin. Mm-hmm. And she says, "Well, for your information, she definitely is, and she's because there's because she doesn't want to waste it on a loser like you." Mm-hmm. So she's trying to be like defend her friends' honor, but actually, obviously, what she's actually doing is like mm-hmm. you know, accidentally sealing her doom. Yeah. And I liked how she then tells that's one of my favorite funny lines in the film is when she tells Jennifer that she told that they wondered if she was a virgin. She's like. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a backdoor virgin anymore, thanks to Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> Great just, line. Yeah. Those guys are rank, Jen. Just forget about it. You know what? I think the lead singer wants me. Only because he thinks that you're a virgin. I heard them talking. What? I'm not even a backdoor virgin anymore, thanks to Roman. And by the way, that hurts. I couldn't even go to Flags the next day. I had to stay home and sit on a bag of frozen peas. Oh my God. Yeah, and then when... when jennifer realizes or thinks she realizes she, she's in danger of being raped she kind of tries to tell them that she is a virgin and that she they should go and find someone who's got more experience mm-hmm. but of course that's not what they're looking for mm. so yes anyway they end up sacrificing they end up tying her up at the devil's kettle and uh yeah sacrificing her stabbing her multiple times to death it's a very scary scene actually mm, yeah it's pretty well done yeah um yeah 
But, uh, but at the same time, they are just doing it so they can have a hit single. Yeah. And they're just like, do you want to be a loser all your life or do you want to be rich and awesome like that guy from Maroon 5? Mm. I want to be like the guy from Maroon 5. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, but it turns out that because she wasn't a virgin, she something went wrong with it, with the sacrifice and she, she came wound up coming back. Mm-hmm. But do you think that it's because of their sacrifice, even though they botched it, mm-hmm. do you think it's because of the sacrifice that they had a hit single? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Or do you think that song was just so good anyway? No, no. Um, no, because like they, they say that the band became big because they apparently saved all the people from the from the fire. But they didn't even do that. But well, well they just told everyone they did. Yeah, yeah, sure. But like, do you think that that was a result of, of 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 the sacrifice? I feel like it all tied in, yeah. It felt like they had some kind of master plan. Right. It yeah. involved burning down the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I feel I feel yeah, I I feel like that's kind of what we're supposed to take from it. Yeah. Not that it terribly matters. Yeah, so then since she came back from the dead, she just had this weird thirst for human flesh. And uh, yeah, whenever she eats boys, Mm -hmm. she becomes stronger and more powerful. She can heal immediately and she looks great. Yeah. I think, again, that's another Amanda Seyfried line. She says, she's eating boys and she looks great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so then Amanda Seyfried does a bunch of research in like the school library and she realizes that Jennifer's clearly been possessed by some kind of demon. She mm-hmm. tries to explain it to Chip, but Chip just doesn't doesn't get it, doesn't no. believe her. Fair enough. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a lot to take on. Yeah, like yeah. To, to to suddenly believe in the supernatural, you need to be shown it, not just told it. Sure, sure, sure. And I, I, another line that really made me laugh was when she's explained to Chip about how she read it all in the library, and he's like, "Our library has an occult section. Yeah. <laughs> Our school library has an occult section. It's very small. Yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> Because that, that is what you see in all the movies. There's always the library that randomly has a massive selection of like ancient spell books yeah. right next to grammar, you know. <laughs> so he doesn't believe her. So she breaks up with him to protect him. Mm-hmm. Seems like a dumb idea, but mm-hmm. yeah. so he's quite sad about that. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very dumb idea because like you need Jennifer to think that you don't care about him so that she doesn't go for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's never the scene where, like, she tells Jennifer that she's broken up with him. All that she's essentially done is just let him out of her sight. Yeah, made him which, made him which, feel vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Really, what I would do is keep that boy close to you, like at yeah. all times. Mm-hmm. Just never let him out of your sight or anyone you care about. Sounds like you're the needy person in this story. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so and it's just before prom. That's the other thing because she break, she dumps him just before prom, which is obviously the worst thing that can happen to a mm-hmm. teenage girl or a teenage boy, even. Um, so then we cut to the, the prom itself, and Needy turns up in this hideous pink eighties dress mm-hmm. that looks like straight out of a Cindy Lauper video or something. <laughs> but Jennifer doesn't turn up, and neither does Chip. Mm. So she's like waiting and wondering where they are. Meanwhile, Jennifer meets Chip on the way to the prom and kind of seduces him, mm-hmm. tells him that. Needy was cheating on him with the boy who recently got murdered. And so, because he, he's quite vulnerable, he ends up, they end up like, uh, end up kissing. And then she takes him to this random abandoned swimming pool. Because mm-hmm. in horror movies, there's always a random abandoned swimming pool. Definitely, yeah. It's just, just part of the town, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, he has second thoughts at that point about like kissing her, I guess. And then she attacks him and she's like ripping him. She like throws him into the swimming pool and she's ripping into him and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Needy at this point like races to the scene. She mm. kind of realize she kind of has a realization of what must be happening. Somehow knows that they're going to be in the abandoned, old abandoned swimming pool. But I guess that's a good. It's, edu- it's part of the vision. It's an educated guess. Yeah. Well, so. it's part of the vision. Oh, she has the whole vision. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the psychic connection, isn't it? Mm. So, fine. Yeah. So she races there to rescue Chip, and uh, her and Jennifer have this whole big fight. 
on the way there, actually, she she pauses because she finds like the the flower that he was going to give her for the corsage, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and just like pauses on that and like smells it and rubs it against her face and stuff. And all the while, I'm thinking like, get to the pool, bitch! Like yeah. she's she's ripping apart your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. You, like every second counts. And to be fair, she probably could have saved his life if she was just a, like a second. Yeah, yeah. Earlier. She was only a little bit too late. So yeah. Because well, like he wasn't dead. He no. was like. I mean, he'd been bitten in the neck. That's never a good sign. Yeah, yeah sure, but like he was still alive and fighting for like a good couple of minutes after that. True, true, true. Like yeah. he was all right. And also the point where he finally lies down and admits defeat and that he's dying. I'm like, get that boy to stand up because currently all, all his heart is just pumping all the blood out of his neck because it's like <laughs> wow. sideways. If he stands up, it's fine. The blood just doesn't, yeah, the pressure changes. It just, and like put some pressure on the, on the wound and stuff. Wow, I don't know. You knew so much about. I've been watching a lot of ER. Oh, sure, of course, of course, okay. <laughs> if this was you, you could have saved him. Is that what? Yeah. You okay. Well, he yeah. gave up way too easily. Well, isn't always the way. In he had the strength to stab a woman with a blunt pole, like True, with, yeah. with, with with a fishing net. Yeah. And he doesn't have the the strength to stand up. I call See, bullshit. He, he sacrificed. He used the last of his strength to save his girlfriend. It was, it was his redemption moment. Nah. Redemption from what? He didn't do a thing wrong. Well, he kissed Jennifer. He kissed Megan Fox. She tri- she lied to him and tricked him. I know, stuff. I know. Yeah. Anyway, Needy and Jennifer are having this whole fight. Uh, and she kind of finally confronts and says, like, you were never a good friend. They were on a break. Yeah, okay, fine. Whatever. I, I get it. He's, 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 he's 14 years, he's 16 years old and he, Megan Fox is trying to kiss him. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, what <laughs> yeah. are you going to do? But yeah, so they have this Would whole... You? Go on. Would you? I mean, maybe for bragging rights, you know. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so she's like, you know, you were never a good friend. You, why do you always have to take everything that's mine? You know, why chip? Is it just that you're really super insecure or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and another of my favorite lines is in the middle of this fight, Jennifer randomly develops the ability to like float into the air. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a very dramatic moment. And then Chip kind of goes, she can fly. And Needy goes, she's just hovering. It's not that impressive. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my favorite line. Really... <laughs> she can fly. She's just hovering. It's not that impressive. But do you have to undermine everything that I do? You are such a player hater. Well, yeah, they have this whole fight and Jennifer almost almost wins. She's about to turn on Needy and kill her. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, Chip saves the day at the last minute. We're using the last of his strength to impale her on this big, conveniently located spike. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jennifer, like, is impaled and like r- jumps out the window and runs away. Mm-hmm. Chip then dies mm-hmm. or old Chip. He just, as you say, he lies back and accepts death. Mm-hmm. And then Jennifer follows, sorry. And then needy follows Jennifer to her house where she's just kind of hanging out in her bedroom mm-hmm. and they have their final confrontation. They kind of, they're rolling around on the bed and mm-hmm. then there's more floating and fighting yeah. and fighting. Yeah. It's just, yeah, very aggressive. Uh, and then, needy finally wins by ripping the friendship bracelets that kind of the symbol of their friendship she breaks it and jennifer's kind of that that robs jennifer either distracts her or robs her of her power or something Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe she realizes that oh my god i've ruined this friendship i've gone Mm -hmm. too far um and yeah and needy stabs her in the heart with a box cutter Mm -hmm. and uh we get a line that i think maybe we didn't need at this point I don't know if we really needed, as I say, my tit, no, your heart. <laughs> that, that's just a, that's just bad writing. That's just, that's a legit bad line. Okay, sure. Well, I didn't love I it. I laughed. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so then she stabs her and she, she finally dies. Mm-hmm. And then Jennifer's mother walks in. Yeah. And uh, just finds that her daughter is 
been stabbed literally in the middle of being stabbed to death by mm-hmm. her supposed best friend. Mm-hmm. And so obviously it just she... brings a whole lot, a whole lot of realism to it. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. People are dying and these people have parents and like people who love them and, but they're actually dying. I get it. You've just like banished this demon or whatever, but you've just killed a girl. Yeah. I, did you notice that happened a lot with this film? Like every time somebody died, you would get a shot of their parents like crying. Yeah. yeah. It was like, this film was doing, do you remember that, like the, that running joke from Austin Powers where whenever like a henchman would die. He'd cut to like the henchman's like wife and kids being told that he'd be no. killed. It was a whole running joke in Austin Powers. It, it was like this film was doing that, but like less, like a bit more straight facedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was. Inter- I thought it was interesting how the parents aren't really characters, but they do just get they do show up at the point when you'd expect a parent to show up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you reckon the director had like just gone through some loss or something? I I feel like maybe yeah, I feel definitely some kind of friendship breakup. I think mm-hmm. definitely working through a lot of issues here. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, then we kind of circle back around to the beginning slash end of the film. Obviously, mm-hmm. she, she's been caught stabbing her best friend to death. So she's going straight to a mental institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it turns out that while she's in the mental institution, she realizes that she's absorbed some of Jennifer's power. Yeah, because Jennifer bit her. Jennifer bit her during the fight, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she waited around in the mental institution. It seems like she was there for a couple of months. Mm. Was it just so she could like finish telling her story? uh yeah maybe or maybe she was just like honing her powers just like learning them maybe anyway she because escaped... it, it was like it wasn't all the powers it was just like i you know i'm just slightly i've got some of the powers maybe she just like really need to practice sure i don't know yeah whatever so she uses her power to escape the asylum uh and she hitches a ride to a low shoulder gig the Adam Brody band mm-hmm. and uh, over the closing credits, she kind of just cheerfully massacres the boy band, which mm-hmm. deservedly so yeah. gets, gets revenge for Jen on Jennifer's behalf mm-hmm. and the movie ends. Yeah. That's uh, that's Jennifer's body. I mean, I feel sorry for some of the members of the band because I feel like Adam Brody was really leading the other ones along. They were all complicit. They all stood there and watched it a screaming, terrified teenage girl get stabbed multiple times. Oh, sure. Yeah. But like, they, they they were all complicit but it was just like one of them who was like really pressuring all the others to like join in inaction is as bad as action harry mm, yeah I, don't, I think there's there's more people to feel sorry for than pe- people who just watch a girl being stabbed to death true true but that guy was like wait do we want this but then he decides he does he said he, he decided he makes a decision that he would rather watch a woman die sacrifice a woman to satan than not be the guy for maroon five yeah yeah they deserved it but don't we all want to be that guy from room five no 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 what about oh you get his money get to go to the super bowl sure oh great remember that super bowl performance they did no it's unbelievably (laughs) forgettable (laughs) all i remember about it is that it was super forgettable much like 90 percent of their music i just remember his tattoos awful tattoos (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if we should go through with this Dirk, do you want to work at Moose Hoof Coffee forever? I don't, okay? Do you want to be a big loser, or do you want to be rich and awesome like that guy from Maroon 5? Maroon 5. Okay, that's what I thought. (laughs) Go and fetch me the ritual, brother. Uh, cool, okay. So, that's Jennifer's body. Okay, so should we move on to drinking games? Sure. So the first one I've got is drink for wallpaper. Wallpaper, okay. Did Tell you me know, more. Did you notice any of this? I don't know. I did. What, what, what did you see? See, you generally notice costumes and wigs and yeah, but wallpaper more classically gay things. 
Maybe it's because you've been doing a lot of DIY and recently. I, maybe, and maybe... I'm really into all the DIY. Okay. Like, I, I watch these films and I'm like, those are some really well put up shelves. <laughs> what a fabulous window treatment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that kitchen looks dry waterproof. Mm. Um, no, the wallpaper in this was... Uh, everything looked like it was from a house in the 60s that had just been left to rot yeah. for, for 40 years. Mm. That was... All the wallpaper in, the house, in in all the buildings. Yeah, it was very dated and strange, and there was no explanation for it because nobody was old. Like, yeah, everyone's parents were just like thirties or forties. Uh huh. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I didn't. No, I didn't notice the wallpaper, but I, I did notice. I mean, the film is clearly set in the mid two thousands when when it mm. was filmed, but there are moments when it's like, wait, what decade is this supposed to be? Yeah, like there's. In the early scenes when Jennifer's lying in bed watching TV, she's watching some weird 80s like workout infomercial oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. That definitely wasn't 2009. Mm. And then also where at the prom, like Amanda Seafried's dress, nobody in 2009 was wearing that pink, like ruffled monstrosity. <laughs> like <laughs> do, do you know much about the prom fashion in 2009? I know they weren't wearing that. They would have been dressed like Britney Spears and Mandy Moore, kind of, you know, crop tops and I don't know. Okay. I just thought it was funny because then when Chip is dying and she's still wearing that dress and he's like, that's why I, I know it's, that's how you can tell it's like, obviously the dress is a joke. Cause mm. like he says, you look really beautiful in your prom dress. And she's like, Oh my God, you're delirious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. So, but yes, the strange like time out of time fashions and design. I did, I did pick up on some of it, but not specifically the wallpaper, but mm. uh, yeah, very good. Yeah. On a similar note, I, I just had drink for Nazi's fashion, which, you know. Of course, yeah. It really did. I'm really pleased, even though it is a sign of the horrifying advance of time, I'm really pleased that you can look back now at, like, the mid noughties and be like, yes, that was a very specific moment in fashion. Mm-hmm. One of the, I think one of the worst times in fashion ever, I think. Like, <laughs> 2005. When, when was the bit? I think it was the 90s when we had that fashion of, like, really long jeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, was it bell-bottom jeans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're just always like completely torn to shreds at the mm-hmm. at the feet and like they're always wet, like right up to the knee. That was pretty bad, yeah. That's that's no good because like functionally, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. In like so many ways, that is just terrible. Yeah. It's filthy, it's cold, it's heavy, it's impractical for like running and stuff. Mm-hmm. Nah. Yeah. That's the worst fashion. No, so practical fashion. Fair enough. But this film, it, you could just really, everybody, every boy looked like Fallout Boy mm. and every girl looked like Avril Lavigne. That was, <laughs> it was just so of a moment in time. Yeah. And it just, it really tickled me. Yeah. Right. So I loved all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, drink for body shots of Megan Fox. Or sure. whenever she takes on or puts on any clothes. Yeah. I mean, you'll drink through most of the movie for that. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's plenty of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Drink for every time they use that song through the trees, it recurs through the movie. Mm-hmm. It has been in my head all week, annoyingly. <laughs> no, that, it didn't. It didn't get into my head. Didn't it stick just, with you now. It was just too generic. To be honest, the only thing that's in my head right now is "Welcome to Cabaret." See, see, just because it's in my head doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. I get blue stuck in my head by a full sixty-five. Also, or a it classic. Is. Yeah, like no, you don't deserve Cabaret. <laughs> sure well whatever um drink whenever somebody calls jennifer evil yes very good mm-hmm. absolutely uh drink every time jennifer uses the word boys oh, yeah. i know it's a lot she never says men she always says boys mm-hmm. it's like uh it's like the boy runs conspiracy theories like she's got all these weird little quips about boys so mm. yeah so i thought that was quite a funny little oddball decision yeah uh drink for lesbian references 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is the famous lesbian scene that they really tried to sell the whole movie on. Yeah. That's really not kind of... I think I think it's it makes sense in the movie, but it's mm-hmm. not like... Yeah, it's not like it's this movie is like a lesbian movie. No. It's more, it's more just about a weird, like... It's, it's inter- it's, it is really interesting to see a horror movie that is written by a woman, directed by a woman, mm-hmm. and also is very much about a female fr- about female friendships. Because all the male characters are completely like superfluous. Mm-hmm. Even Chip. He's a nice guy, but he's like, you know. Oh, yeah. He's not particularly interesting. No. So. No. Yeah. He's very thick. Yeah, very, very stupid. Yeah, bless him. Yeah. But yeah, like they kind of, they, they, they hint a lot about the two of them fancying each other. Mm. Like It's mentioned right at the start when someone's like, oh, you're a lesbo gay or something. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's the scene when they're at the at the at the nightclub where, when the band is singing and mm-hmm. they kind of they hold hands. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then when Needy looks over at Jennifer, she's not really in the moment with her. She's just like so hypnotized by the band, so she's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, oh right. yeah, so <laughs> yeah, bit sad. But yeah, it's just yeah. I think I think it's just a really interesting film about like like I said like female friendships and friendships in general and like uh, mm-hmm. unbalanced friendship kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. On that note, drink every time Jennifer subtly undermines Needy. Mm. Like, you know, when she kind of like says something to her or, or just like shoves shoves her a little bit too hard mm-hmm. or just takes something that's hers. Like, there's, there's, there's the, the scene when the, the the second boy who dies, the guy who goes to the haunted house, mm-hmm. he asks Jennifer out and she's like, oh no, he's a loser. And then Needy's like, I don't know. I think he's kind of sweet. And then she's like, "All oh, right, I'm going to take him then." Yeah, like it's that kind of thing. That just like she always wants what the other one has. Mm-hmm. And also, when she seduces Chip, mm-hmm. when they're kind of making out in the pool, she says, "Tell me I'm better than needy." So it's like it's like she is always trying to like take what's mm-hmm. not hers, kind of thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got one more, mm-hmm. um, which is drink for made up words or mixed words. Mm-hmm. I only actually made, started making a note of this on the very last one that occurred. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> there, are, there are a couple that I've forgotten. One of them was lesbo gay. Mm-hmm. And the other one I, I noticed was uh, freak tarded. Freak tarded, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, great. Yeah, this is the thing with Diablo Cody. She, she's got kind of that Joss Whedon vibe where she does everything is like quip, 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 quip. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I think that this film has a is is really fun, but it is a little bit. Sometimes it's a bit like when you know when somebody's quite funny, but they just they're never off, mm. and it's just like oh, you'd be a really funny person if you just like toned it down like a ten percent. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of that for me. It's just like sometimes like like I said with the at the end of the film where you have got the big emotional climax where she stabs her in the chest mm. and she's dying and she goes my, my tit mm-hmm. no your heart. I, yeah. I, I just don't like that line. That really fucked me. Mm. But yeah, it's. It's like, it is very like quippy, quippy, quip, quip. Mm. Like, and it was the same in Juno. Like there's a famous line in Juno, which is like, people often say is one of the worst lines ever written, which is when one of the characters says, oh my blog, no, honest to blog, oh. honest to blog. Oh dear. Yeah. It, it's, it's also a bit like, yeah, 30 year old woman writing for teenagers and like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just, you can see the strain a little bit. But, yeah. 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 But on the whole, it's very good. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, my last one is drink for sex or references to virginity. References to sex or virginity. Hmm. So there's a lot yeah. of actual sex. Well, there's a fair bit of actual sex in this movie. And there's also obviously lots of stuff about virginity. Who's a virgin? Who isn't a virgin? Who definitely isn't even an anal virgin or a backdoor yeah. virgin. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. I get it. I like, I get it. it kind of subverts the kind of horror movie cliche that the virgin, the, the, the final girl is always a virgin kind of thing. Mm. Whereas in this film, it's like, no, clearly they're both 
they're both very much sexually active because they're 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. Right? It, it doesn't even pretend. It's just like, no, of course they're not virgins. Even even the so-called daughter Amanda Seyfried isn't a virgin. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Only, only a little bit though. Like I wasn't quite getting final girl vibes from uh, from this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Well, it's not really... Because it's not a slasher movie, is it? No, it's not like Amanda Seyfried is being stalked by... She's never really in danger until no. the very end. Yeah. It's not really that. But it's still, it's, it's still kind of, I think... Just plays with little tropes, I think, which mm-hmm. is I always like in a horror movie. So mm. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's all I had anyway. Cool, cool. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at ninety-seven percent Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager thirty-three percent? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, ninety-seven percent? Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Um, right, do you want to get sequels then? Sure. Do you want to go first or last? Uh, I'll go first, I don't mind. Sure. So for this one, we open shortly after the credits of the original. Okay. Um, Needy has just murdered the band. Yeah, she's murdered uh, Low Shoulder, yeah. Mm-hmm. And with her recent freedom, she goes back to Devil's Cattle. So it's been a couple weeks or months. Or She's been like on the road hiding out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. So yeah, she, she goes back to Devil's Cattle somehow to pay respects to Jennifer's grave mm-hmm. um, in the middle of the night. So no one's going to um, see her or anything. Sure. Um, sure, Jennifer was a bit of a two-faced bitch while she was possessed by a demon. But before that, she had been Needy's closest friend for yeah, sure. a long time. They clearly have a complicated relationship. Yeah. yeah. It's not and entirely like, negative. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it was only like when it actually happened at the very end that she realized that like Jennifer is now dead and gone. Yeah. And then it all sort of sits in. She didn't really have time to process that before she got taken away. Yeah. But anyway, so Needy goes to the grave and says a few words about how she, she she's killed the band. They're dead now. Um, and while crying, she leans down to touch the headstone and accidentally cuts herself on a stick as she does so. Oh, she yeah. steadies herself on the headstone, unknowingly leaving a small stain of blood. Oh. As she leaves, the camera pans down from the blood stain at the top of the headstone down to the ground below. Dramatic pause. And then, of course, a muddy hand bursts through <laughs> the ground as a reanimated Jennifer comes back from the dead. Nice. This is, And the title of this is Jennifer's Undead Body. Jennifer's Undead Body. Okay, so now she's just full zombie? Or, yeah, or has she just been revived by the blood of her best friend? She's been revived. To be honest, I wasn't getting um, sort of zombie vibes from the original film. No. So much. Don't know why. Um, But I thought I'd just take it in that direction now, but just a bit more plainly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Needy goes back to her home. As her daughter is a convicted serial killer, her mother has moved out and left town. You would, yeah. Yeah. So she's just not going to be in this. Mm. Did you spot who the mother was played by? Uh, Yeah, what's her face? Mimi Kanassas from uh, Kimmy Schmidt, yeah. <laughs> or as I know her, what's her face, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Shame she didn't have much to do, to be honest. No, I she saw, really I didn't. Saw, I saw, I was like, oh, I love her. She'll be really fun in this. And then she was never in it again. Yeah, yeah. it was strange. Yeah. 
Anyway, so Needy goes up to her room and lies on her bed. The power's off, so she's lying in the dark. Sure. Um, and just as she's thinking about what to do next, she sees Jennifer's face in the window, smiling manically and waving at her. Mm-hmm. So obviously she screams. Right. Jennifer opens the window and comes in, saying that she doesn't, that you don't need to scream. And then I've got a, a fair bit of script. You love writing dialogue about me. Yeah, it just, it's just easy. Okay. Do you uh, want us to... Yeah, we've not, not, not done that for a while. Let me just text it to you. So uh, do you want me to be needy or Jennifer? Uh, needy. Okay. So, Gen- so, Jennifer, but you're dead. I killed you. I don't know what to say. I'm back, I guess. Are you still possessed by a demon? I don't think so. In fact, I don't feel anything. Just darkness. So you're a goth? No, no, I'm not a goth. I think I'm just dead. Wow, yeah, definitely not a goth. <laughs> Shut up, I'm serious. I know you are, just you're going to have to change your whole look now. No, I refuse to be a goth. Okay, well, anyway, I'm sort of wanted for your murder, and they pinned all the other murders on me too, and I've recently been seen murdering the band who killed you. Low shoulder? Yeah, they're gone now. I had to break out of prison to get them, and now they're probably going to throw me back in there for even longer. So you're just living on the run now? Yeah, I guess. But now you're back, you can show them I didn't kill anyone. But you did kill the band, though, right? True, one step at a time. You show people you're alive and that'll clear my name. But I'm not alive. I think I'm a zombie. You're a zombie? Does that mean you want to eat me? Well, I mean, kind of. It is you. Uh, But I don't really want to try. I just want to be normal again. Well, do what you always do then. Cover it up. And so we cut to the next day. Mm. Uh, Needy and Jennifer, without any explanation, they strut into school. Back in school. (laughs) Are the rest of the pupils just horrified and terrified? Everyone is staring at them. They all think Needy is a mass murderer and that Jennifer is dead. Mm -hmm. So they're all scared and confused. Mm -hmm. Needy is looking exactly back to normal, but now with so much confidence, she doesn't need them glasses no more. Oh, so she's like the sexy one now. And has Jennifer now become kind of the the miserable, goffy one? Yeah. Walking through the corridor, there's a big group of boys just in the way. They're not paying anybody any attention. Mm -hmm. She snarls at some of the boys um, to to get them out of the way. Revealing her demon teeth for a, yeah. for a brief little second. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, on the other hand, is looking terrible. She's thin, but not in a, not in, not in a good way. Okay. Um, and her makeup is clearly covering up her saggy face of dry skin. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's so, she's a she's a she's a rotting corpse. It's walking. a bit death becomes her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they sit down in class and they wait for the teacher, J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. He walks in and immediately starts writing on the board. As he turns around, he spots the two of them for the first time and goes very quiet. Needy smiles back at him and asks if there's a problem. I've got a little bit more script here. Aren't you supposed to be in jail? No, sir. I'm, I'm innocent. But you were proven guilty. Of what, sir? Murder. Who's murder, sir? Jennifer's, he says while gesturing to Jennifer, who's currently throwing up into her desk. Jennifer says, Well, sir, you can uh, clearly see that I'm alive. And oh, shit, my fingernail fell out. And that's pretty much all I've got. Okay. So I've got, like, like I said to you before recording, I've got a concept. I've not got much of a story here. Okay. So we've got a zombie and a demon. Okay. And they're trying to make it back. They're trying to just make it in high school. They're trying to just be normal. Sure, sure, sure. And no, maybe like nobody's buying it. And the, the comedy is that they think they've got people fooled. But yeah. nobody's buying it. It's pretty obvious that they are that they are undead. But everyone's like too scared to confront them about <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're just, everyone's living in complete fear and trying to like tiptoe around them. Mm-hmm. And of course, occasionally they do kill people. Well, yes. Um, I'd, I'd like it to be sort of that. Yeah, like, like you said, Needy is now the top dog. Mm-hmm. She's doing well because also 
I never got the impression that in prison she had to like eat people to stay alive or anything. No, no, no. Yeah. So it looks like she's got the demon powers without the hunger. So the best of both worlds, yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. So she's just this unstoppable demon. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, she's top dog. Whereas Jennifer, on the other hand, she basically needs to be around needy to... She's now the needy one, yeah. To, to, to survive. Yeah, like, and she's lost all her like good looks and her sex appeal. So yeah, yeah that could be really good. It's like how their, fr- how their friendship is possibly going to survive when the roles are reversed and maybe obviously it's going to cause a lot of friction for them, a lot of challenges, but maybe they finally learn to see through each other's eyes a little bit and mm-hmm. maybe it makes their friendship stronger in the long run. Yeah. Um, the only way I can think to conclude it mm-hmm. um, after, you know, various hijinks and whatever. Sure. Um, is maybe they read it in a book and this is how they come up with the idea is that uh, um, Jennifer actually sort of submits to the zombie hunger. Uh-huh. And takes a bite out of Needy. Okay. Cancelling out Needy's power and also Jennifer's zombieism. And then they're just both alive and living happily ever after. Oh, okay. I see. So they get so, into like a whole blowout, a whole fight about Yeah, because like their relationship. Needy is now completely overpowered yeah, yeah, yeah. as like a demon without any kind of hunger. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer is completely underpowered. I see. And if she just like takes some of that power from Needy by biting her or whatever, then it just kind of evens out. I see. Okay. That makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. So they end up having a big fight about. Maybe it all comes out, or all the, all the resentments of their friendship all come out into a whole big fight. Mm. Ends with Jennifer biting Needy, and yeah, it's something. It it, it restores the natural balance, and maybe mm-hmm. they find like an equilibrium in their friendship again. Yeah. And now like they 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 both know what it's like to be the underdog and to be the yeah. top dog, and they just agree to live live their friendship evenly. I can see that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Pretty good. Cool. What was that called again? Uh, Jennifer's undead body. Jennifer's undead body. Very nice. Okay, I've just got three smallish ones this week. Mm-hmm. Um, not much to him. So my first one is called Maroon 5, Rise of Evil. <laughs> um, and this is based on the idea that the obviously the band in this film, Low Shoulder, they mm-hmm. want to commit satanic rituals so they can be popular and famous like Maroon 5. So that makes me think... How famous were Maroon 5 in 2009? Oh, this is... I remember that after their first album, they had a big dip before like they came up with like moves like Drago and stuff like that. Oh, they were still kicking around. Still, okay. big, you know. Maybe that was like part of the joke. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so that made me think, well, what if the reason that they think that they need to make sacrifices to Satan to be like Maroon 5 is because Maroon 5 are Satan worshippers. Right, got it. So I was thinking you could take that idea and then make like a behind the music style documentary mm-hmm. about Maroon 5's like rise to fame from being like a, you know, a local jazz band or whatever they were when they first kicked off mm-hmm. into being like this global phenomenon. But in this documentary, it uh, there's like a hidden story behind it that's kind of part where the comedy comes from, mm. that they're also like Satan worshippers and they're killing people and that's what's making them successful. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it could be yeah. like they're not presenting that on the... It's like an MTV behind the music <laughs> thing. They're not presenting that story, but it's just there in the background and you can kind of see it happening. Yeah. You know, maybe like Adam... What's what's he called, the guy? Adam Levine. Adam Levine's like doing some backstage tour of his... You know, backstage tour from their world tour you know, mm-hmm. in the latest stadium. It's like, you know, we sold out Wembley Arena, 30,000 people. I can't believe how lucky we are. And then you mm-hmm. just see like a woman being strapped down and like, you know, <laughs> all the blood drained out of her and she's screaming. Like, and, it, and, and like, that's just in in a room somewhere just as they're walking past. He yes. Like quickly shuts the door. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all just, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's all happening, you know, yeah. in the corner of your eye. So yeah. actually that could be fun. Just like a, yeah, a behind the music that, posits the theory that Maroon 5 are evil Satan worshippers. Nice. They may well be. Nice. And maybe all of those bland groups from that era are... Even Train. Even Train. Not even Train. train yeah. 
Even a, even a Tasha Beddingfield. Oh God, Travis. Travis, you keep Travis were before that. You, you, well, they, you're, going too, you're too far back for Travis. No, oh, sorry. Yeah, they're far too nice, nice Scottish <laughs> boys. Um, but yes, anyone who was big. I into, think Travis were right into the mid noughties. No, they only really had that one album. They did. Why does it always rain on me? And all yeah. that was like 1999. Nah, it was. Nah, it absolutely was. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Of course you don't. Um, I mean, I was, well, if it was, and I was like three when that came out, so how am I, how am I supposed to know? Well, obviously, it made an impression, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. But yeah, it, I definitely think anyone from that era, James Blunt, absolutely worships Satan. You know? mm, oh yeah, yeah fuck it, Blunt. Yeah. Oh, Mika, that. definitely Satan worshiper. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can, yeah, I can. There we go. See, no, we found common ground. Yeah. So yeah, it was just. It's See, just that's a song that gets stuck in your head. That's a bad one. The Mika Undeniably. song. No, I agree. I don't like that song. <laughs> that was yeah. The Mika song. I had to bloody work in HMV while Mika was at the height of his popularity. I had to listen to the album every morning with a hangover. That voice with a hangover <laughs> on a Saturday morning at seven o'clock. It's nightmarish. Mika a one hit wonder? No, he had a few. Do you not remember Big Girl, You Are Beautiful? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he wasn't very good. No. Not a fan. Anyway, <laughs> so that was my, uh, yeah mid noughties pop groups are all Satan worshippers behind the music special. Um, my next one was kind of inspired by another film that came out at the same time as this one, mm. roughly, that I think is quite similar in tone that I really enjoyed, that we both really enjoyed. Uh, did this film make you think at all of Drag Me to Hell? Uh, a little bit came yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought like, similar vibes. Mm. Both good films. So I was thinking like maybe, so this sequel is called Jennifer, Jennifer's Body to Jennifer's Soul. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking maybe after, like much like your one, it picks up at the after the end of the original. So Needy is, you know, she's killed the boy band. She's living in isolation or something. I don't know. But she realizes that Jennifer, she gets, she starts getting visions of Jennifer, maybe, mm. and she realizes that Jennifer's Jennifer may be dead, but her soul has been trapped in hell. Mm. Like the de- it's not it's not Jennifer's fault that a demon took over her body and killed a bunch of people. Yeah, Jennifer herself is innocent. And now she realizes, oh my God, my friend's soul is in hell and I need to rescue her somehow. Mm. So, and kind of, you kind of preempted me on a bit on this with one of your theories, but I'm thinking she can go to Devil's Kettle mm-hmm. and that black hole kind of mm-hmm. thing that the, 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 where the water is, mm-hmm. that could be like a portal to hell. Yeah. So she travels plug down, hole to hell. a plug hole to hell. She travels down to hell yep. with her like demon powers that she's possessed, that she's, that she's ah, absorbed yeah. from Jennifer. Yeah. And has to rescue Jennifer from hell. But while she's there, everyone else is in hell too. So she has to like run, she has to run in with like Adam Brody again, who's really pissed <laughs> off that, that he, you know you killed us just before you killed us the week before we hit number one. You know? <laughs> He's furious. We've just yeah. gone platinum. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe everyone's in hell, and like you know, she, she, it's just like a crazy adventure in hell while she tries to rescue Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And that's all I had for that. But I just thought it could be quite fun. Yeah, fun, no, little, like fun little hell romp. You mm-hmm. know? She gets to reunite with her boyfriend. Oh yeah, maybe Carl's in hell too, and it's like, why? Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, had a, I had a dark past. I, I bought a Maroon Five album once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. She runs into Carl, and she does. She's like, "What the hell are you doing in hell?" So, so, so to speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. that could be fun. I like that. Cool. I've not read anything for it, but mm-hmm. yeah. And my last idea. This is called Jennifer's Body Two Full Frontal. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking again. It picks up right after the end of the original. Gotta get that clickbait. Gotta title. get that clickbait. Yeah, for YouTube. Uh, after murdering <laughs> Low's shoulder. Needy again kind of goes into hiding. Maybe she like changes her identity a bit a little bit and just like is living in living in a small town under an assumed name kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she's just starting to like move on with her life a little bit. But before she can move on too much, two bad things happen. Mm. First of all, the grisly death of Low Shoulder, the band, 
only enhances their popularity even further. Mm-hmm. Now they're not only a band of heroes, they're a band of heroes who were died, murdered before the time. So their song becomes like the biggest hit of all time. It becomes like, you know, Candle in the Wind, Inescapable. Mm. Right, yeah. So yeah. she just cannot get away from this horrible song. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just inescapable. It's driving her nuts. You know, every time she's trying to like live a normal life and just go down the shops and like put, put it all behind her, that song will come on the radio or on the dance floor and she'll be right back mm-hmm. in her demonic rage again. Mm-hmm. So that song is haunting her. Uh, and secondly, it turns out that the demonic impulse that uh, was passed over to her from Jennifer when Jennifer bit her is growing over time. So she she is now getting her own like insatiable hunger for human flesh. Right, okay. So she's having to like try and control that as well until it like overpowers her. And maybe I'm thinking she starts seeing visions of Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause you've got to bring Megan Fox back into this movie somehow. Oh yeah, definitely. So rather than like resurrecting her, maybe she starts seeing Jennifer as like a, a ghost or mm. it's unclear whether it's actually her ghost or whether it's just a vision she's having cause she's delirious or something. Mm-hmm. But she keeps seeing Jennifer and Jennifer keeps kind of, is like the devil on her shoulder to, is trying to like convince her to, you know, eat, eat a boy, you know, mm. just do, do the bad thing. Yeah. You know? And yeah, like Jennifer really represents her desire to like feed on human flesh kind of thing. Mm. And maybe they can like sort out some of the issues they have as friends. Like they can be bickering as, you know, one's a ghost possibly or a vision and the other one's mm. still still alive, but a demon. And they kind of bicker and they argue about all, all the problems they had in their friendship that led to this awful fight that ended up with Jennifer dead. Mm. They're kind of trying to work it out. But also, yes, yeah, she, she starts having to feed on humans to kind of satisfy her hunger but she doesn't want to be an evil killer she doesn't want to just kill innocent people mm. and you know so she she starts to she decides to only attack people who deserve it mm-hmm. but you know she's in a small town she's like how can i possibly where can i possibly go where there's going to be like an endless supply of like trashy men who deserve to die and also where a demon can like walk around undetected and everyone's so self-absorbed no one's going to notice mm-hmm. and it's like light bulb moment Hollywood baby. <laughs> so the next thing we know, Jennifer is in Jennifer and I was either thinking Hollywood or Vegas. No, I thought Hollywood would be well well what I'm thinking is you could make this a little bit of a mess of thing because of the way that the original movie was treated by like male critics and producers and stuff. Oh, yeah. So like maybe Needy and Jennifer end up in Hollywood and Needy starts just yeah, eating like sleazy guys and like protecting women from like, you know, me too stuff. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so she she's just going through Hollywood and like encountering all of these awful men and like just getting her revenge for womankind, mm-hmm. and it becomes like a yeah like a feminist Hollywood expose where all the men end up getting their brains eaten. <laughs> nice, and that was it. Maybe she ends up being a movie star, winning an Oscar. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But that that's uh, Jennifer's body too, full frontal. Nice, I like it. So there were my three very little thinly drawn sequels this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we move over to the listener submissions? Yeah, sure. Cool. So we had a few this week. Uh, Ryan Klima said Jennifer's body double. Oh, yeah. R- writes itself. Yeah. yeah. Adam Capitano said Jennifer's mind. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Kyle Davidson uh, st- just said, I love this movie. I hope one day we get the sequel with Safe Raid as a badass supernatural vigilante. I hope to see more <laughs> from Kuasama too. I was thinking actually, another mm. route you could go down was that this could totally be like an origin story for like an MCU character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a Deadpool-y kind of one. You know, one of the darker ones or an X-Men or something. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be their backstory. I can see, I can see that, you know. Totally, yeah. yeah. What, as in the Amanda Seyfried character? Amanda Seyfried, yeah. She's got yeah. these psychic powers. You know, yeah. she's really powerful, but she needs to control it because of the dark side. Yeah. That's classic superhero movie territory. So. Yeah. Well, have you seen the new trailer for that Dread Letter movie? No. Morbius Living Vampire? 
Is that it, the same thing? It looks incredibly average. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, I absolutely can wait for that to come out. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it does look... It, it's, the, it's the in thing to do, is to make a villain the new main character. Sure, absolutely. You can see that happening, yeah. Josh Nolet said, Jennifer's Body 2, The Search for Jennifer's Gold. Mm-hmm. Jacob Adams said, Brody's Body, Freshman Year, starring Megan Fox and introducing Machine Gun Kelly as Brody. Hmm. So that's that's the guy that she's married to, Megan Fox, these days. Right, okay. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. Brian Markowski said, Body by Jennifer. Not so much a sequel, but a series of VHS tapes to help to help the undead to keep their bodies at peak form. Sure. So I guess it's like Jennifer becomes like a supernatural workout instructor. Mm-hmm. But she's got that banging bod. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian Vaughn said, Jennifer's head. <laughs> Jennifer's body, Jennifer's head. I mean, I don't want to dwell too much into that. Mm. Uh, Blokebusters have done quite a uh, extensive one. I have to apologize as well to our friends over at Blokebusters who we have neglected a few times. They've suggested sequels and I just haven't seen them in time. So my bad, but they've written this one now. I'm going to read it out to you. It's called an American Jennifer in needy. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Needy goes on the run to New York city and attempts to build a new life. However, she keeps seeing visions of Jennifer talking to her and telling her how dangerous her new powers are. And that she has to get rid of them before she fully turns into a succubus too. So I guess this is like my version, but in this, case jennifer's looking out for needy rather than trying to make her submit to her evilness Mm. uh we see needy struggling to contain her urges and fight back sometimes physically fighting with jennifer in her apartment at the same time needy is growing close to david a student who is saving up to go on a holiday to england there are of course several close calls with needy almost giving in and in one quick shot we see jennifer in her place before it flashes back to needy so i guess it's like a black mirror not black mirror a black swan kind of like Mm -hmm. percept the two personalities becoming one kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but manages to stop herself from killing him. Ultimately, Needy says goodbye to David, giving him the rest of her savings and suggesting that she talks to her co-worker Jack as he also wanted to go to England too. Needy hitchhacks back to the charred bar from the first film, finally giving into the demon desires by seducing and killing the driver of the car before a final look to Jennifer, driving herself off the waterfall where Jennifer was killed with a sad smile on her face. The final shot is of David and Jack putting on backpacks and heading into an airport with two into an airport with two tickets to London and an itinerary that includes a trip north to Yorkshire. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I guess that's uh, yeah. Jennifer and Needy end up, I guess, sacrificing each other and and then uh, yeah, two random boys come to Leeds. I guess that's the story of that tale. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And finally, a little review from our old friend Martin Gardner at MG Loves Fun. Quite succinct. He just said this film tries to be sexy and funny. It isn't really either. <laughs> burn from martin he's hard to please is that boy mm-hmm. so thank you everybody for those sequel ideas we ask for your listener submissions every week a few days before we record by putting posts on facebook and twitter where you can post your ideas so make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out to listen to more episodes of beyond the box set you can subscribe and browse our back catalog on any podcasting platform including apple spotify google play and many others all of which you can also leave a five-star review if you so wish mm-hmm. and harry mm-hmm. i'm batting it back to you okay. what film are you choosing that i'm gonna definitely veto hours before we watch it <laughs> uh you wouldn't uh um, because weirdly you never seem to be to a film, even if no. a film like The Love Guru. No, I'm, that's because I, you know, I'm open-minded. I watch anything. Okay. Yeah. Still? Well, I mean, don't tell, what, what, tell me what you're going to do first before I commit to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, th- I think that you'll probably quite like this film. Okay. Um, in fact, I think that you might have the time of your life. Okay. Oh, I see where we're going with this. Yeah. 
Are we doing Dirty Dancing? Yeah. We're, we're pretending Havana Nights never. We're pretending Havana Nights never happened. Then it's got a sequel. It's got a sequel called Havana Nights. It was straight to video. It was like twenty years later and not the original cast. So I wouldn't. Oh, worry that about doesn't it. count, does it? I wouldn't worry about it. Titanic no. has a sequel. True. Yeah. I think it's technically an official one, but you know what? Forget it. Doesn't matter. That doesn't count as official. No. no. Who cares? We're ten. We're like eight episodes from the end. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So listeners, join us next week for Flashdance. Yes, another 80s classic dance movie that I've never seen. Did you say Flashdance? Sorry, Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I'd like this some sort of alternate title of a of, of, of this film that I've Sorry. not heard of. Yeah. This film that you've not you've not seen. So listeners, join us next week for Dirty Dancing. Yes, another 80s classic dance movie that I've never seen. Yeah. Great. Well, hopefully you'll have a better time with this than you did with uh Footloose. I didn't mind Footloose, but yeah, hope this is better. We'll see. Cool. See you next week. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Heart.